The San Francisco 49ers back-to-back NFC West champions. Brock Purdy strengthening his case for MVP and the 49ers in control as we head out of week 15. Game balls. We got all the post-game action right now coming at you. Locked on 49ers right now. You are locked on 49ers. Your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker. At BB Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Actually, it's Crocky, Crocky 209. I keep forgetting. Uh, we got to update the, the graphics here on Locked On 49ers. Uh, appreciate everybody making making us your first listen every single day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is what we do five days a week. We are with you if you're new. We appreciate you joining us here. If you are a faithful listener, if you are an everydayer, we appreciate you as well. Subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, the 49ers, back-to-back seasons are NFC West champs. I love, Croc, what Dre Greenlaw said in the locker room after the game. He said, I'm tired of these shirts. I don't want an NFC West shirt. I want a Super Bowl champion shirt. I love that. And he's lived it. He's got a few of those shirts now. And, uh, and you know, we've lived through this longer than Dre Greenlaw has. We've seen a lot of those NFC West shirts, too. For 30 years, we've seen NFC West shirts. Not 30 in a row. Back-to-back. Congratulations, San Francisco 49ers. But it's the quest for six. It's been the quest for six for a long time. And I love that message from Dre Greenlaw. It's almost like, I don't even want to wear this right now because I'm, I'm we're, we're shooting for something a lot bigger. And um, the, this 49ers team is playing at such a high level. They had a little bit of a hiccup for three games earlier on in the season. But, man, they've been the best team in the NFL before and after that and, you know, the, the the Arizona Cardinals aren't a team that you're going to go beat 45 to 29 and say, hey, look how good we are. We beat the Cardinals 45 to 29, right? But uh, I, I just the, the 49ers just keep doing what they need to do to be in the position they're in as the one seed to control this thing. And it's getting more and more like, and Croc, you can tell me if you believe this. I feel like it's a Super Bowl or bust as it's ever been. And if the 49ers don't win this year, it's almost going to be a disappointment, even though it's been 30 years, right? But if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, it's almost like it's a disappointment because that's how good this team is. This is the team that's ready to win the Super Bowl. This is as talented and as confident that I've felt in the 49er team since as long as I can remember. And, you know, I've talked about it. You know, I don't remember the – Joe Montana days, I was too young. I think when he left the 49ers, I was four or five years old. Uh, I barely remember the 49ers Super Bowl in 1994, really kind of more so the celebration than the actual game. So since then, I've watched a lot of game, teams where I was confident. I think like when Garrison Hurst snapped his ankle that year, I was pretty confident that mm-hmm. they were potentially a Super Bowl team. I have that same type of feeling about this team because on both sides of the ball, you see guys making plays. You see a quarterback that is uh, doing a terrific job 
I'm making plays, plays off script. <laughs> Chris McCaffrey so wide open, he catches the ball, falls on his face, gets up and still runs in for a touchdown. Uh, this team is just playing at a really high level, really on both sides of the ball. And a little, you know, hiccups here and there in this game defensively. But for the most part, nothing that I'm uh, nervous about. It's definitely a Super Bowl bust, probably more so than any season I can remember. I got a lot of people talking to me on Twitter today about this game. And uh, Painty64 says, real danger game, division rival, handled with so much professionalism, operating as a true team. And it, you can't take for granted those games against your division rivals, even if you think, you know, okay, the 49ers are a lot better than the Cardinals. And they were. And they proved that they were. And, and eventually they, you know, they won out very easily. But it, it was a it was a tough game early, and and you can't take any of these games for granted in the NFL, especially especially against those teams that are your division rivals that are that are so uh, familiar with how to play against you. They've already had a chance to game plan against you once; they're game planning against you for the second time. So um, this is uh, this is one of those games that that looks easier on paper than it actually is. And the 49ers showed that early, but I think the, the best thing that happened for the 49ers in this game is do you remember when we did our keys to victory crock and we talked about, man, okay, we gotta, we gotta keep uh, the, the two biggest things like, okay, for the 49ers defense, keep, keep Kyler Murray in the pocket and keep contained on him. Don't let him run around on third downs and, and create big plays. And with your two starting defensive tackles out, you gotta be able to stop the run. And the 49ers kind of struggled a little bit in one of those, but struggled big time in the other one of those. And the 49ers did not tackle well, and they've struggled tackling multiple games this season. And the the Cardinals ran on the 49ers a little bit here. But the in this game specifically, and it is the Arizona Cardinals, everything that could have gone wrong did, and the 49ers won easy and are resting starters and there were guys playing that hadn't played a single snap all year in garbage time at the end of the game. So you can't play this game, I think, in uh, week 16 on Christmas against the Baltimore Ravens. You can't play this game against them, and you can't play this game in the playoffs because to, to, you know, against the Cardinals is good enough. It's easily good enough. But against some other teams, it might not be good enough. So th there's... They won easily. They won walking away. They 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 were resting starters in garbage time. But I think the 49ers are so good that they can win a game like this so easily and then go back to the tape and say, there's a lot of things we still need to clean up for next week. How good are you that you can give up 234 yards on the ground in a game and still walk away feeling like just the, just the best thing? moving in the NFL right now. You know, you just talked about Super Bowl bust. And I think Super Bowl bust comes from not only the confidence that I think, you know, the 49er fan base and us have in the 49ers, but really the confidence that everyone else has in the 49ers. You know, I ran into some of my buddies today and, you know, I was at a, a 707 tryout and, uh, you know, get to talking about football and, you know, everybody always wants to ask me about the 49ers. And they're like, man, you guys don't win the Super Bowl. I don't know. You know, that like they say those things and they could say Super Bowl bust, but that just tells me that's the kind of confidence in the type of team that they believe the 49ers have. Like, this is a team like, man, y'all should win it. Like, if y'all don't win the Super Bowl, there's a problem, right? But that's just that's how well this team is is playing. Now, we the realistic aspect of it is only one team wins, but 
I think the team that is favored right now to win the Super Bowl should be and is the, the, the 49ers. And, again, I think that speaks volumes to what kind of season this is for them. It, again, you gave up 234 yards on the ground, and I don't think anybody really battered an eye at that because you still put up 40-something points. And I like that type of win where, you know, you can you can say, man, we ain't, we ain't play our best football. You know, we made some plays. You had to pick six early. Shout out to Trevor's Ward. Uh, you know, did some things. I maybe could have done this better. Even with uh, Brock Purdy, you know, he played amazing. This wasn't like his most efficient game. And even then, it's like four touchdowns, zero picks, you know. So as great as the, the outcome was and all the things that you did very well, you could still go to the film and say, you know what? This isn't even our best game. We can get better. We can do this better. We can do this better. We usually do this better. We got some guys coming back. Guys got Armstead coming back. Hargraves coming back. Uh, I think from that standpoint, this was an awesome win because you get to learn from certain things, continue to move forward, and uh, improve. I heard a lot of uh, the the post game with Kyle Shanahan, and he didn't quite have the same message, but. I almost feel like the the message I heard post game from Mike McDaniel this week and the the Dolphins just you know destroyed the Jets and uh, ended the Jets the Jets season the Jets season wasn't going to continue we had kind of already knew that even though Aaron Rodgers was like hey if you win this week maybe I'll come back because you know, it's not going to happen for the Jets this year but they blanked the Jets and Mike McDaniel's locker room speech afterward was like congratulations enjoy it. But this isn't a selly game. We're going to bed tonight. We're we're getting rest because there's work to do. I think that's kind of what the message I think should be for the 49ers in this game. And that's kind of what Dre Greenlaw was talking about. It's like, okay, we're putting on the t-shirts, but this isn't a selly game. We're not going out all night celebrating. Good job. We won the West. We're, there's a bigger thing on the horizon. And 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 I think that is where the 49ers are right now. It's like you beat the team you were supposed to beat. Good job but there's much more important things on the horizon for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, there's a really big thing that you've talked about this season, Croc, about the offense and the defense and who's helping who. And I want to talk about that next. Brock Purdy, four touchdowns, taking the lead now as far as uh, the betting favorite for MVP in the NFL. And, of course, we got to give out some game balls for Week 15 next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to be sure that you are uh, that you have the opportunity to interview the top tier candidates, the most best candidates possible that you can possibly interview. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board either. LinkedIn has a vast network. We're talking about a billion professionals on LinkedIn, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have the most qualified candidates available. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And they even launched a new feature recently on LinkedIn Jobs that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right, crop. This is that game you've been talking about. 
I want to see a game where the defense is struggling and the offense bails out the defense. Was this that game for you, Croc? Uh, okay, so I, I missed like most of like the fourth quarter for the most part. So when I was watching, it looked like it was just kind of in hand. So from the time that I did not see, and some of it I was listening to in my ear, but from the time that I kind of stopped, I would say it was not quite that game. Now, it was kind of odd early on, just some of the ga- gaping runs uh, that they were getting kind of gassing the 49ers. I saw Kyler Murray kind of, you know, being able to utilize his legs, getting space, saw McBride uh, making plays. With, I mean, he's going to be a uh, – I don't want to say what I was going to say, but he's going to be tough for the 49ers to cover for some years. I mean, he's going to be a really good tight end. Uh, but for the most part early on, it, it always felt like mm, 49ers really have this in hand. And it might have been for, you know, again, they drove down, they scored a touchdown. Then you drive down, you score a touchdown. Then you had to pick six. And from there, I just felt like 49ers were kind of in control. So this wasn't quite that game. But, again, hey, maybe if the 49ers offense isn't scoring 45 points, then it does end up looking like that game that I was talking about. That's what I'm saying. And I think that's where the 49ers offense came in and said, okay, defense, you're struggling against the run a little bit. That's okay. We're going to score 45. doesn't matter. Do whatever you want. We're going to put in the backups. They're going to score on the backups, too. We're going to be so far ahead. It doesn't matter. So I think this was that game. I feel like it was pretty close to that game. Mark in the chat says, Kinlaw is surprisingly movable against the run. That's kind of been Kinlaw's thing. Kinlaw got uh, you know credit for a sack in this game. Uh, he's such a tall player, and he's always been such a highlight guy where it's like you see one player like, oh, man, that is awesome. If he could do that every time, it'd be great. But he doesn't do that every time. And he does get stood up and does get turned in the running game. And I think the 49ers did miss both of their starting defensive tackles in this game. And then behind those defensive tackles, they weren't tackling great in this game. So uh, being healthy for next week is going to be huge because the Baltimore Ravens are the one seed in the AFC, the 49ers, the one seed in the NFC. And as it was put in the chat earlier, this could be a Super Bowl preview next week. Monday Night Football, Christmas 49ers Ravens like this is awesome this is amazing this is what it's all about and the 49ers need to win a lot of football games because they need to go earn home field advantage because you see a team like and this kind of ties in crock with the MVP conversation and the the Dallas Cowboys are undefeated at home and they're straight up bad on the road the the Dallas Cowboys right now are 7 and 0 at home with a plus 171 point differential on the road, Croc, the Dallas Cowboys are three and four with a minus four point differential. I mean, that's insane. And the head coach, Dallas Cowboys head coach, Mike McCarthy, was talking about it. He's like, we didn't play well tonight. We got to figure out how to close that gap from being good on at home and bad on the road. And I've never, I, I mean, I, I don't know if, I, I don't want to say I've never seen it because I don't know what the numbers say about being good at home and good on the road. And some, most teams are better at home than they are on the road. And, you know, being at home in the playoffs is important, but we've seen the 49ers go road dog style and go win games on the road. The Dallas Cowboys, perfect at home, plus 171, three and four, sub 500 on the road, minus four. Like, that's insane what this Dallas Cowboys team is. And when you look at what what Dak Prescott is doing, who their quarterback is, who's potentially battling with Brock Purdy as MVP of the NFL this year, Dak Prescott, zero touchdowns, one interception, 82, 84 passing yards in this football game. Like, is this even a conversation anymore? 
It's not even about, is it close? It's about, okay, you're just voting on other things. If, if Brock Purdy is not your MVP right now. Nah, I think that's pre- uh, performance or lack thereof a game against Buffalo on the road kind of solidified Brock Purdy as, you know, the favorite. Hey, you know, we got on here. We kind of joked about Brock Purdy and the amount of touchdowns he threw. And I was like, man, you know, Steph Curry, he had, he played 31 minutes and only had seven points. What the heck? And you're like, yeah, you know, Brock Purdy almost had as many touchdowns as Steph Curry scored points. I mean, that's the level that Brock is playing at. And it's almost laughable now because he makes it look so like effortless and, and easy. And I think that's the part where it's still kind of hard for some people to grasp their head around, like how well he's playing. But even at times when he needs to make the tough play, I mean, he's doing that as well. The the play where he took a shot and uh, it looked like maybe he's concussed, but then he came right back in. Uh, that was a terrific play, just kind of you know maneuvering through the pocket, uh, making the guy miss. And then right before he's probably going to get hit, well, he ended up still getting hit, but, you know, gets the ball, flows the ball right over the outstretched arms of a defender uh, into his players' hands. I mean, just continuously doing things like that. The the play, too, that I talked about with Chris McCaffrey, you know, moving to his left, buying time, and all of a sudden he's able – he uncovered McCaffrey. Like, I have buddies in my group text, like, man, McCaffrey's wide open. He's got – he uncovered McCaffrey by being able to buy time, extend the play to eventually get him the ball down the field. So, as far as the MVP discussion goes – I don't think I don't think there is a discussion. I think Brock Purdy uh, is following in the footsteps of a Patrick Mahomes, following in the footsteps of Lamar Jackson, winning a MVP in his second year in the NFL. And this you mentioned Patrick Mahomes. This is wild. Patrick Mahomes has had over 500 passing attempts this year. The 49ers have the least 32 out of 32 in the NFL, the least amount of passing attempts in the league this year. Yet their quarterback has the most touchdowns in the NFL and the second most passing yards in the NFL. That is insane production. That is, uh, I mean, it's absurd what what Brock Purdy is doing right now in this. That is, that's that's efficiency at an all time level. I'm it's stupid it's- level of of efficiency. How about this one? So uh, this one's from Emmanuel Acho, who you know. Who, says some weird stuff at times, but this is, this is a, a, an, an interesting note that uh, is pretty telling. So just talking about Dak versus Brock right now, and we'll kind of wrap up this part of it, but, and look, there's some other people in the conversation and, and who knows, maybe it's not even Dak anymore. We might be talking about, and to be honest with you, we, I think we probably are at this moment talking about Brock versus Lamar Jackson. And guess what? They're playing next week. And Lamar just won in prime time in front of everybody. Made some plays. Had an ugly interception, too. But how about this one? So Dak Prescott's MVP race likely ended today because no NFL MVP has lost by a margin of 21 points or more after week 14 since the turn of the century and won the MVP. So that is to say either voters don't forget those late season games, and I think that's for sure, Part of it, I think recency bias is huge as far as any voting and anything goes when when you're you know trying to remember who's good and who's what you're voting on things. Week week 14 matters way more than week one. Absolutely. But the other thing is uh MVPs don't get blown out late in the season. You know what I mean? And that's what happened to the Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. And it's not what's happening to the 49ers right now. And so there's three more weeks, and who knows, maybe things could flip. But uh I mean. Brock Purdy's the MVP for me. 
You know who the Brock Purdy is for, or you know who the MVP is for Brock Purdy, Brock? Trent Williams? Oh, it's, it's Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey, yeah. yeah. Uh, Brock Purdy set up the game. Christian McCaffrey would be his vote for MVP. Good on, uh, good on Brock. I do think, though, that there almost needs to be a campaign that needs to start happening here because you can't, like, and I know everyone's buddy-buddy in the locker room and Kyle doesn't want to, like, say anything, but the, the 49ers PR team needs to come up with something where it's like, Brock Purdy, MVP, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Offensive Player of the Year. And it's it's amazing because everyone's kind of like, the, the seas are sort of parting for both of them. Tyreek Hill, out this week. He's injured. That opens the door for Christian McCaffrey to win Offensive Player of the Year. Dak Prescott has a bad game. That sort of starts to open the door for Brock Purdy to win MVP. But if they share votes, then maybe both of them lose the awards that they should both win this year, which I fully believe should be Brock Purdy MVP, Christian McCaffrey, Offensive Player of the Year. And so if they start splitting votes, it's going to screw both of them. So I almost feel like there needs to be a concerted like PR thing where they decide, look, sorry, Christian, but you're not a quarterback. You're not going to be MVP, but we're going to we're going to blast the the message that you're the offensive player of the year. Brock, you're MVP of the NFL. I almost feel like that. And, and, and I don't know how much that would even affect because, you know, it's not like fan voting for, for those, for that type of award, but um, it, it would be, it would be a shame if the 49ers split votes and those guys lost those awards because they split with each other and other guys won instead. Has there ever been a season where, a quarterback won MVP than a player won the offensive player of the year. I mean, I guess with maybe with Steve Young and Jerry Rice or, you know, I feel like, like it has to happen, but I can't think of when it was. So let us know in the chat. If you know about that, maybe Kurt Warner and, and uh, uh, Marshall Falk. Well, and that's kind of the thing is like, you think of all those seasons, like Kurt Warner's greatest show on turf. Uh, you think of the 2004 Indianapolis Colts with Edron James and uh, Marvin Harrison and uh, I think Stokely was a thousand yard receiver that year. And right. And they had uh, Dallas Clark and obviously Reggie Wayne was a thousand yard receiver. And then in 2007, half of Tom Brady's touchdowns went to one player, Randy Moss. All those quarterbacks won the MVP in those seasons. There, there is one player that won MVP and office player of the year in the same year. Adrian Peterson, 2012. Uh, <laughs> and that's the last time a non-quarterback has won the MVP. And they gave him the OP. Oh, they gave him the offensive player of the year award as well. OPOY. He, he should have won comeback player of the year as well. I think they gave that one to Peyton Manning, but he was coming off of a torn ACL. So he tore his ACL the year before, ran for wow. 2,000 yards, won MVP, won offensive player of the year. Should have been comeback player of the year. Should have just cleaned house with everything. Uh, looks like Marshall Falk got offensive player of the year when Warner got MVP. Okay, good. Yeah. Makes sense. That's and true. anybody for for any of y'all, and I'd assume that our age demographic remembers this the greatest show on turf very well. But Marshall Falk was he was fun to watch. And essentially he was the older version of what we're seeing now from Christian McCaffrey. It was oh, kind of yeah, it's, it's exactly what it was. Yep. You know, there was LT, there's Marshall Falk, and we're seeing it now with Christian McCaffrey. Like that that's the level that Christian McCaffrey's playing at right now all right we got to move along uh we got to give out some game balls here from week 15 49ers big win over the arizona cardinals 
NFC West champs again. Next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book as the weather gets a little bit colder. It's about to be a lot of rain in California for the next week or so as we approach Christmas here. The NFL offers, though, they stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about trying FanDuel, there's no better time than right now to get in on the action. And guess what? You get that extra bonus of 150 betting bucks, and you can spend that on spreads, player props, uh, over-unders. You can bet on, uh, I love the betting of parlays. I love the app. I love the website at FanDuel. It is so easy to use, and not just NFL football as well. And, of course, you can bet on those San Francisco 49ers to win the Super Bowl. You can bet on Kyle Shanahan to win Coach of the Year. You can bet on Brock Purdy to win MVP. Uh, you can bet on the next coach that gets fired. You can uh, there's draft props as well, but I mean college football, the playoffs are coming there. Uh, Major League Baseball is coming. You can bet on free agency in baseball, NBA, every sport you can imagine. You can find it on FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com/slash locked on again. That is FanDuel.com/slash locked on. Get 150 bucks in bonus bets. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, we got to give out some game balls here in this game. Uh, I, I think, of course, Croc, we got to start with Brock Purdy and his four touchdowns and four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Brock Purdy playing ridiculously good. Two of his touchdowns, pretty easy, right? Um, especially the Debo touchdown, kind of a gimme. Uh, and Christian McCaffrey out of the game, by the way, play action to Jordan Mason. 11 players said, I'm going to go tackle Jordan Mason right now. And uh, Brock Purdy said, oh, actually, I'm not going to give him the ball. I'm just going to toss it over here to to Debo Samuel. We're going to score a touchdown. But the second Debo Samuel touchdown, love that. Back shoulder at the pylon, big-time throw. So, look, some of the throws, there's going to be some haters out there that are going to be like, oh, look, Brock Purdy shouldn't be MVP. Look how easy this throw was. But they're going to not show the second Debo touchdown, right? They're going to not show him – with the with the Christian McCaffrey touchdown, where McCaffrey's coming out of the backfield, runs like a little you know slant out of the backfield, and McCa- and uh, and Brock Purdy's like, nope, turn down that, turn down that. I don't see it; it's not there. I'm going to work all the way to my third read here, and then I'm going to deliver a strike for a touchdown to Christian McCaffrey for a touchdown. Right? They're going to show the easy throws, not the difficult throws. The uh, the third down throw to George Kittle to set up a touchdown. Like those are the plays that Brock Purdy makes and granted there are some easy throws, but he does a lot of like Brock Purdy is, is absolutely dealing right now. And (laughs) I thought to be honest with you, Croc, it was pretty amazing. Uh, You know, he got hurt and it was like, Oh no, what happened? Did he, you know, is this a neck injury? Is this serious? He leaves the game. Sam Darnold comes in almost through an interception, the very first throw. And it's like, Oh, come on. We can't do this. Like, we can't go to Sam Darnold and he's bad. Like, if if, the, if Sam Darnold came in and he was good, it would be one thing. If he came in and throws an interception on his first throw, which didn't get caught, and then he threw and threw George Kittle's hands. Kittle's got to catch it, you know. And <laughs> All right, so the, we got to talk about this too. So here's the, here's the haters versus the non-haters look. And I've seen – I saw both of these happen immediately 
on Twitter watching this game. So Sam Darnold throws the ball to George Kittle, goes right through his hands, right? And, you know, this is a drop. Kittle's got to catch that ball. So Brock Purdy comes back in the game, immediately throws a, a little layered throw, and uh, I think to Kittle or maybe it was to McCaffrey. I can't remember who it was. But anyway, um, the the Brock lover's take was, oh, look at this. Uh, uh, Sam Darnold can't throw with touch. And then look, Brock Purdy comes back in the game, throws with touch, completes a pass. Then the haters look at it as like, oh, look, uh, Brock Purdy comes back in the game and guys are making plays for him after the catch and he's throwing like a glorified screen and Sam Darnold could have been, you know, and, and, and wide receivers are tight ends are dropping Sam Darnold's throws. So I thought that was fascinating too, because everyone's looking to try to fit what happens to their already preconceived narrative instead of letting things play out and learning from life as it comes out. I think Brock Purdy is 49ers quarterback, starting quarterback for a reason. And first of all, I agree with you on the, the game ball to Brock Purdy. You know, uh, Brock Purdy, Kyle Shanahan, I think Kyle Shanahan called a, a terrific game as well. But uh, as far as starting quarterback goes, Brock is starting quarterback for a reason. Now, I, anything that you get from Sam Darnold coming in off the bench and throwing two passes, if you're reading into anything like that, I saw some people, oh, he's a little frenetic. It's like, Dude probably got two reps all week. <laughs> he's been back up. He's coming in. He's cold. Uh, you know, the, the most he warmed up his arm was little warm-up throws when Brock – when I don't even know if he had time for that, right? So – Throwing two balls. There's nothing that he did. I'm not taking anything away, good or bad, away from anything that Sam Darnold had to come in and do at all. Uh, but as far as Brock Purdy goes, uh, you know, he was terrific. And you talk about some of the easy throws and things like that. Well, I, I bet you this. I bet Kyle would say, well, yeah, like that's what my offense creates, a lot of easy throws. And when I have somebody that makes my easy throws and plays look easy, this is what our offense could look like. So I think uh, anybody trying to discredit, and I, I see a lot of that you know, in my phone, text messages, group chats, all that, uh, trying to discredit Brock for how well he's playing and some of the throws he's making. And I get Debo Samuel wide open, <laughs> McCaffrey eventually wide open. Cool. Okay. Whatever. But everything else that he does, like the Texas route to Christian McCaffrey on that touchdown mm -hmm. pass, right? It, it was wide open, but even then just for him to get to the right answer, which he consistently does and throw with the efficiency and, and, and the touch and the accuracy that he did, that made it an easy catch. I thought that was all that was all terrific. So yeah, uh, can't take anything from Brock on how well he's performing, how well he performed in this game. I mean, how consistent he gets to the right answer. Like that's his yeah. superpower. Super Christian, easy. Super easy. Christian McCaffrey, definite game ball here. 18 carries, 115 yards of touchdown. Uh two receiving touchdowns, five for 72 there. And I almost feel bad for Jordan Mason and Elijah Mitchell. Uh, Eli was, you know, is hurt again. He wasn't in this game, but Chris McCaffrey's like, man, okay. He, he runs out of the game. He goes one, you get one play. <laughs> I'm going to go rest for one play, Jordan, have fun for one play. And then he comes back in the game. Uh, but at some point he almost got to hide Christian McCaffrey's helmet. So he doesn't get hurt. He's like rearranging his kneecap on the sidelines. Like one play. All right. And then he comes back in. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, 
phenomenal, uh, unbelievable player and uh, a, a freaking cyborg. I can't believe he's stayed healthy through all this, and, and I hope he continues to. I, I want to give a game ball to the offensive line. And, you know, the funny thing is, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm watching, you know, part of the game with, with my bro, Donald. And he's like, man, it must be nice for your quarterback to have all this time. And I'm like, you know what? Everybody says our offensive line is bad. He's like, man, I can't tell. You know, and, you know, he's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, so he's watching it, you know, through a different lens. But, you know, there are plenty of times. I think a lot of times we notice the plays where our quarterback had to get the ball out of his hands quicker or he's taking a hit. And then we look at the all these charts and it says that the 49ers offensive line is way over here, not playing good. And, you know, quarterback's playing uh, well in spite of the offensive line. But I think the offensive line kind of gets a bad rap. I think more times than not, I think the offensive line is playing well. And I think we do notice when the offensive line gets hit. Uh, I saw Benjamin Solek kind of note this, that the offensive line, I believe it has been, the offensive line – uh, I don't, or he was saying he does not believe that Kyle's offense is predicated on having a great dominant offensive line because of how much, you know, a lot of it is predicated on timing and, and the rhythm. So as long as you get the ball out of your hands when it's supposed to and going to the right guy, you should have more than enough time to, you know, survey and make the right throws. And obviously uh, Brock with his processing speed, uh, I think he makes that part easy, but I think it's a, it's a good marriage between Brock and the O-line, but I do want to give a game ball to the offensive line for, you know, doing a really good job protecting him for a really a majority of a lot of these games. A little bit of weird on the defense as far as the the, the run D went and, you know, missed tackles and uh, DiMarcato breaking off a long 50-yard touchdown run and James Conner rushing for, I think it was 86 yards. Yeah, on four, 14 carries, so 6.1 yards per carry for him. So not great, but one one player that stood out on the defense was Charverius Ward, and he's been really good all season long. I want to give him a game ball. And he, he actually gave credit to Sam Darnold. And he said that he's so used to catching footballs from coaches. And, you know, like we're, we're at training camp, right, Croc? And we see Kyle Shanahan himself. He's throwing balls to the, the defense, right? And defensive players don't really get to catch fastballs very often. And so Charvarius Ward went to the guy on the 49ers roster who's the best at throwing interceptions in Sam Darnold. <laughs> sorry, I, 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 that's, yeah, that's, 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 that's not fair, Sam. I'm sorry. But he credited that's the best arm on the roster. Yeah, yeah. He, he credited like Sam Darnold because he's like, I've got all these pass breakups, but if I had a, if I caught a couple of those, I'd be considered. A much better player and maybe be considered as a, an all pro or a pro bowl or a defensive player of the year or whatever it is and so he's catching balls from sam darnold instead of the coaches and came up with a big pick pick six ran back to the house showing wheels like he was full speed before he even caught the ball uh fantastic play huge play in this game and so uh a game ball for charvarius ward who's had strung together some really strong games lately do you want to know the real reason why DBs drop passes. Uh, they have um, bad hands, bad eyes. They're uncoordinated. Uh, they're haters. Best, they best no flag. Um, I don't know. <laughs> best athletes on the field for sure. Uh, really, a lot of the times, especially like when you're playing a lot more man or kind of match type coverage, the ball jumps up on you. Yeah. So as a receiver, you understand timing when the ball is coming out, when the ball is arriving, right? And a lot of times you can get your head around and you can track it in because you understand where you're going. 
Whereas the defensive back, you're guarding this guy that's running full speed. A lot of times you're either backpedaling, turn, run. Then by the time it's like, okay, I'm in a good position. Now I can look back. The ball is typically right there, like now, you know, as opposed to somebody seeing the ball get thrown. So when he had his pick six today, notice he was coming downhill. He saw that ball thrown. So now I'm coming downhill. I see the ball thrown. I can attack it, catch it, and use my athleticism to outrun everybody. More times than not, when you see Traveris Ward leading the NFL in pass breakups, what he's doing is, oh, he's running with DK Metcalf down the field. Okay, I finally have DK, uh, you know, pinned to the sideline. Let me look back. Oh, man, the ball is right there already, and then he knocks the ball away. If he had better ball skills, he would have more picks. But it is extremely difficult a lot of times for DBs because uh, just think of, and I guess you guys in your living room right now, you can uh, have somebody do this to you. Have your your significant other or your, or your child or whatever, you know, you turn around, face the wall, and then have them throw something at you. And then when they say ball, you have to flip, turn around, and catch the ball. And that's what it's like as a defensive back. I actually like doing that drill with my guys. Uh, but do that, practice that, and then just kind of see. And then have them throw it harder and harder and harder each time and just see how difficult like that could be. And that's what it's like playing DB. So, uh, you you know, it kind of goes with the territory. I understand what everybody says, but it's like my hands are terrific. So, <laughs> <laughs> Some folks in the chat saying you're trying to make excuses for DB's crock, but I get where you're coming. Oh, and, yeah, it's, it's much more difficult to turn around and find a ball that's all of a sudden two feet from your head and try to catch that versus – you do know, it. you know where the ball is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah do it. it. Just do what I just said. And I'm not saying just have them throw a little lollipop. Like, have them throw something at you. And then when it's halfway there, be like, ball. And you got to flip and turn and track the ball in and catch it. And and that's really what it's like. But times 10 because you don't have to run with DK Metcalf. Yeah, you're just in your living room turn around against the wall. All right, we got to get out of here. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Croc and I back tomorrow. Break down more of this Cardinals game. We're looking ahead to a big-time Christmas Monday nighter against the Baltimore Ravens. And uh, some of your questions as well. Hit us up on Twitter, at BD Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker, or in the comments on YouTube. Talk to you then right here, Locked On 49ers.